Welcome to the Nutritional Minute with your host, Meg Reichert, a military spouse, national board certified health and wellness coach, personal trainer, and certified weight loss coach. Join Meg as she helps you to uncover the ties between your mental health and nutrition and how you can connect the two to provide support as you go through the transitioning ups and downs of life. Now, here's your host, Meg Reichert. Hello, welcome to Nutrition Minute. I am your host, Meg Reichert. I'm a nationally board certified health and wellness coach, culinary coach, personal trainer, women's health proponent. Uh, I focus on working with individuals using a healthy at every size approach. And I am a big believer in anti-diet. So today we are talking about goal setting, consistency in food. And obviously, since we are at the tail end of January, this may bring up some triggers or uh, reminders of the New Year's resolution trends that happen around this time of year. Unfortunately, January 19th usually is the date that the majority of people start tapering off of these. Main reason is because they set a goal that was too hard and that was too lofty of a goal. And they also took that goal and they didn't break it down. They didn't take the time to think about, okay, what are the steps that I need to take to achieve this goal? So I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about this today. I was working with a client this week. And one of the things that she was talking about is that she is very busy. She runs a couple of different businesses. She travels a lot. She really likes to enjoy her social life. So with her, you know, a lot of times I talk about meal prep, but with her, that's not something that's going to work because she's not home consistently enough on the days of the week that she would plan. So the approach that we had taken at the beginning was setting her up for failure, saying, hey, why don't you meal plan three to four nights a week? let's pick your nights. And then I come back and talk to her in another session. And she's like, that didn't work because I wasn't home any of those nights. And then I wasted that food, which if you've been here for any period of time, the idea of wasting food, it's a waste of money and it's you know taking away from other people who could have that food. So one of the things I want to talk about is how can you be consistent with your food or wellness goals or your food and wellness lifestyle in a way that continues you down the path of success for whatever that looks like for you. For me personally, that looks like consistency in making sure that food provides me with fuel and that food provides me with joy. If there is a time after a meal that I stop and guilt myself or berate myself, or if I look in the mirror and don't like what I see and start saying, you shouldn't have had those Skittles or whatever, then that means that I need to get something right up top. I need to get something right going on in my head because that negative speaking and the hate speech that I'm talking internally isn't going to do me any good. My mental health is going to be sacrificed. So making sure that the food that you're putting in your body provides you with fuel that you need to do whatever it is in your lifestyle. That means fuel so you can hit the gym, fuel so you can chase toddlers, fuel so you can get through the day. Whatever that looks like for you, how are you fueling your body and what are you putting in it? And are you putting enough of it in? One of the things I think can be surprising is, especially in the diet-centric world that we live in, oftentimes we're eating far less calories than we need. If you are on a 1,200-calorie diet and caveat, have not been advised by a dietitian or healthcare professional to go on this 1200 calorie diet, you most likely are not getting enough food. 
I have a two-year-old, almost three-year-old and per guidelines, he is supposed to be having a 1200 day calorie diet. And last time I checked, I weigh about 130 pounds more than he does. So 1200 calories a day, isn't going to really get me far. So you may be eating less food than you're supposed to be eating. So take a look at that really focus on what am I doing throughout the day? How much energy do I need to have to get this done? And for the majority of us, just if we were to sit still, uh, we're going to burn at least 1200 calories a day simply by existing. Now there's all kinds of mathematic equations that you can come up with to figure out what your metabolic rate is for each day. And that's something very simple if you were to work with a health coach, dietitian, or physician, but usually just know that you're probably burning more calories a day than a toddler. And so you're going to need more calories a day. So you want to be consistent with that. You want to really think about it. Another thing that I really want to talk about is goal setting. Now, I know we all know about SMART goals and how smart they are, and they're just great. If you haven't heard of SMART goals, you've clearly been living under a rock. I pretty much hate this acronym, but I do really like that it encourages you to be really specific and it encourages your time. So if you don't know what SMART goal stands for, it stands for specific, measurable, attainable. I don't even remember what the R stands for and time. I'm going to have to look that one up. I can't believe I'm just spacing on the R. I'll come up with it in a minute. Now these, right. We can come up with any goal that can be a smart goal, right? Me sitting here doing this podcast. I know that I need it to be around 30 minutes. I know I need to have some sort of attainable information to pass on to you. It needs to be measurable. So when you get off of this podcast, hopefully there's a measurable takeaway that you've taken from this. And I need to be very specific, right? Boom, there's my sparkle. But when we're talking about our lifestyle, I really encourage people to kind of get out of the smart goal mindset. And I really want you to, the only things to really focus on is how specific you are. Because I think if you're going to be specific in your goal, you're already setting something that's attainable. And I want you to put a timeline to that. And when you're making your goal, do not set a goal that's farther than three months out. 90 days should be as far out as you're willing to set a goal. Anything past 90 days, you're already making that an unattainable goal because you're going to constantly push it, especially if you're doing a food goal. A lot of times if you're doing a food goal, you're going to say, I'm not going to eat any junk food. Okay. One, that's probably crap because junk food's amazing. But also if you're setting a goal, that's maybe six months, seven months out, you can say, oh, I'm going to start that over tomorrow as you're eating your pizza, or I'm going to start that over tomorrow as you're watching the Super Bowl and eating wings. I'm going to start that next week. I'm going to start that in a month from now. And you're going to constantly be pushing that back. And so you're never going to reach your goal. But if you're setting a goal that's three months or less, that's a max of 12 weeks. And that's going to get down into those single digit weeks and single digit days way quicker, but you can also plan in those months. So maybe your goal, instead of to completely take out junk food is to, I'm going to decrease my junk food consumption and Instead of just removing a food, I'm going to insert better option here. So it could be something like I'm going to eat less junk food and instead replace that with fruit or replace that with more vegetables, which is pretty simple. And what they call this is they call it crowding out. So instead of just removing all junk food from your diet, you are going to add in fruits and vegetables, or maybe it could be like whole wheat instead of white bread. I don't know. So you're crowding these 
lesser habits out and introducing better options into your lifestyle. So that instead of mourning the loss of whatever it is that you're removing, you are celebrating the win of the better option that you're putting into your body. And you can do this by simply saying, I don't know, say you eat takeout four nights a week, right? I'm instead going to eat at home. I'm going to make a Philly cheesesteak sandwich at home instead of ordering it out on Tuesday. And then I'll still do takeout, right? So you're still getting a better option because you're preparing it at home, but you're not going to miss out on the deliciousness that is a Philly cheesesteak. And you can do that week by week, right? So you stopped at, you're going to order a takeout one time less the first week. Maybe you do two times the next week, three times the following week. And then by your fourth week, you're not ordering takeout anymore and you're cooking primarily from home. Instead of just saying, I'm not going to eat junk food anymore. And then you can constantly build on those small attainable goals. You want to do these small attainable goals because you don't want it to feel like you're turning your life up on its axis. While that is easier in the short term, you're always, everybody's going to run into some Karen at their office who's, I'm on a keto diet. I don't eat any gluten or any dairy. And I've already lost 17 pounds. And you're like, wow, Karen looks great. I want to go on the keto diet and not eat any gluten or dairy too. Great. Then you're going to see Karen two weeks from now. She's going to be noshing on a cupcake because that's not attainable. Cutting all of that food out at one time realistically is not something that's going to be attainable in the long term. So no offense if your name is Karen, but don't be Karen. And there's nothing wrong with cupcakes, but we're much more likely to go on a binge and not just fall into our old habits, but fall into even, I hate saying worse because I don't think that there is such thing as good or bad eating, but maybe fall back into habits that aren't as beneficial for your body. And so changing that language, I want to take a minute and say that too. Changing the language around what you're eating can also change your attitude towards it. Calling a food, this is a clean food, okay, what is a dirty food? And are you in essence calling the person who's eating said dirty food dirty? Because we don't know what that other person's life is like. We always have to remember that when we put these labels on things, you're not just putting labels on the food that you're eating, you're putting labels on the people that aren't eating it as well or that are. And somehow the way that our brains process things, it comes out as, well, I'm eating clean, that you're better than somebody who is not eating clean. So you really want to make sure that you're being very sensitive, not just for your own mental health, but the mental health of those around you, that you are removing those labels and you're removing that stigma. Because at the end of the day, food is just food. Food is calories in, and then you are going to absorb what you need and you're going to waste what you don't. So calories in and calories out, that's all food is. So we might as well turn food into something that can be joyful and unrestrictive. And when we stop putting those labels on food, then we stop putting those labels on ourselves. And instead we just start accepting it for what it is. So instead of beating yourself up because you had three slices of pizza instead of the salad that was offered, you know, it could just be like, man, I was like really hungry and that pizza was delicious. And now I might, I have a little bit of room for salad or instead of feeling like you need to binge on the pizza because it's a quote unquote special occasion, maybe you have one or two slices of pizza and a side salad as well. And there's room for foods that have less nutritional content as well as foods that have a higher nutritional content. There's room for both in your diet. There's not room in your life for taking major 
food groups out that you enjoy simply for the fact that you might look better on the outside. Because I've said it once, I've said it again, the way you look on the outside is not always a determinant of how you look on the inside. We put these emphasis on our size and on BMI and on our weight when really the only people who've put that emphasis on those is ourselves and the society in which we live and the culture in which we live. And because of, and this is definitely a topic for another day, because of the pseudoscience that is the BMI, we have started to really focus on obesity as the problem, right? The obesity is the epidemic in this country when in fact, obesity is not the epidemic in this country. Other issues are, and sometimes a side effect of those issues is being obese and obesity is not necessarily a disease. People are made of all shapes and sizes and people have access to all sorts of different things that could shape their body or not. So circling back to being consistent and setting those goals, when you remove that language, you're able to be more consistent in the food that you eat because you're not setting those rules and you're not setting those standards for yourself that are going to set you up for failure. I have been, I've shared a little bit on here. I have a history of binge eating. I have a history of body dysmorphia and I still deal with that every day. I have a scale in my house. I took the batteries out and forced myself to not look on it. Because I can look in the mirror and I can be so proud of the way that I look and so proud of the way that I feel. And then I get on that scale and I see the number on the scale. And all of a sudden I look in the mirror and I see a completely different person and it wrecks me and it tears my mental health down and it messes with my emotions. It messes with my relationships because I'm beating myself up. So then in turn, I'm looking at my husband and I'm like, there's absolutely no way that you can be attracted to me right now because I just saw this number on the scale and you're a total smoke show. And right now I'm not feeling like a smoke show. So this isn't going to work. But when I can keep that consistency and keep my mental health, I can instead enjoy the foods that I want, have Friday night pizza night with my kids, guilt-free and still eat all types of different food, move my body in a way that serves my mental health and look in the mirror every day and see something that I'm proud of because I know that I'm not depriving my body. I'm not depriving my body to the point that I have to binge and then purge because that also happened. And I also know that I'm fueling my body in a way that is bringing joy into my life. It is bringing joy into my marriage. It is making me a better parent. I'm setting this example for my children on how to love their body and not judge it. I'm teaching my boys that they can listen to their hunger cues and eat when they're hungry. And I can look at my body and know that at the end of the day, I'm tired and I wake up in the morning and I'm well-rested. And a lot of times, if you are living a life where you are extremely tired all the time, you're probably not getting enough calories. Your body is hungry. And because we've learned how to ignore those hunger cues and we lack that consistency of balanced eating, we've forgotten what real balance looks like. So I encourage you to stop thinking in terms of a SMART goal because that acronym is not always realistic, but think of something that you can consistently do for 12 weeks or 12 really small things you can do consistently each week that will, and you build on those 
So at the end of the 12 weeks, you have created this consistency that you're looking for. And, and sometimes it can be something, and I cannot tell you how often I hear this from women. It can be something as being okay with putting sugar in your coffee. I will repeat that again. You can have the good creamer in your coffee. You can put your teaspoon of sugar in your coffee. This one step in your day is not what is making you unhappy with the way your body looks. I promise. Cannot tell you the amount of times that I have had clients come to me and say, I think my goal this week is to stop putting sugar in my coffee, or I think I'm going to stop buying the coffee mate creamer and instead buy the nut pods, which nut pods is delicious. If that's your jam, if that's your lifestyle, nothing against you. That's totally awesome. But if that sip of coffee with the French vanilla coffee mate brings you joy when you take that first sip in the morning and it brings out, you hear the Folgers commercial and it's amazing. And it has to be the Randy Travis Folgers commercial. It cannot be any other one. But if that is what gets you going in the morning and that is the source of your sugar for the day and you don't eat, you're not sitting there putting yourself into a diabetic crisis by eating cookies all day go for it, eat it. And even if you are putting cookies in your body every day, the coffee creamer is not going to be what saves you. The cookies, let's work on what's driving you to those cookies instead of taking the sugar or the creamer out of your coffee. So I leave you with this. Make your goal specific. Put a timeline on that goal. And start thinking about how you can build on that goal every week for 12 weeks. That's all you have to do. And put away your scale because it's bull and you don't need it. Because that scale is not going to tell you how you feel. That scale is not going to tell you how you feel internally. That scale is just telling you that gravity works. And that's how much force you're putting on the world. That's all it is. And do not look at your BMI. Because that is crap too. We'll talk about that another day. Until next week, my friends. I hope that this brought you a little bit of knowledge. I hope that this has encouraged you on your wellness path. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for tuning in to the Nutritional Minute, a podcast of Behind the Service. Join us every Thursday for another Minute with Meg. If you enjoyed this episode, please share on your social media and be sure to tag Behind the Service Podcast. You can follow us on our socials at Behind the Service Podcast.